who knew that Dr. E. Michael Jones, your hour two guest, was such a talented singer-songwriter. And uh, so you want me to play that video to lead into the break? Oh, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, um, the, the lyrics that he <laughs> great. You know, yeah. sings it to are really hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a brilliant guy in so many uh, so many. Uh, um uh, yeah and areas. why don't you uh yeah that'd be a great idea and uh you know uh the first verse of that song that he wrote where you know he's singing over a new young song is my name is neil young you've heard my song sung i've been a has-been for quite a while but my new scene is pushing vaccine so take my music <laughs> off of spotify or someone's gonna die <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's uh, that's that's E. Michael Jones actually playing the guitar and the harmonica. That's he, he's a musician too. He's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, 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 so. and singing, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what a how cool is that? All right, yeah, so it I'm, is actually. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll be joined by uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones who here in just a little while and get his take on just sort of the you know what I see the bigger picture is just sort of the sellout of all these rock and rollers who I guess over time have just become creatures of the system and uh, are, are unwilling to uh, make a stand for humanity. They'd rather hold on to their position in the world, which is understandable in some ways, but absolutely tragic in another way. Well, it's, you know, it, the, the, the foundation of the actual internationalist Jew parasitism in this reality is the seven deadly sins, right? That, that, that distills the Talmud down into, uh, you know, seven categories and that's all they live. Right. And so anyone who's going to climb that ladder and be a Shabbos going minion of, of the synagogue of Satan has to open up to that kind of uh, weak spirited, uh, self-indulgence and narcissism and greed and gluttony, blah, blah, blah. So, all right, man, you ready for the song? Yeah, yeah, put it on. That sounds good. Okay. Thank you. 
slogan is Pedro Rogan. Don't be a pussy like that clapping guy. Mom. Can't move your fingers when vaccine lingers. Just take my medicine and don't ask why. Or I'll start to cry. <laughs> The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Okay, okay, welcome back to hour number two of Operation Scorpio. And in this hour, it is my great pleasure to welcome E. Michael Jones onto the show. Uh, and just before the close of the first hour, we played his sort of parody song of Neil Young demanding that his music be taken off of Spotify. Uh, Michael, how are you, sir? Well, uh, Scorpio, Dr. E. Michael Jones is not here. I sent him last night the StreamYard link, and he hasn't clicked on it. Um, I think he wants to come on through Skype. Oh, okay, so add He's him. He's on Skype waiting. Oh, okay. All right, here we yeah. go then. Uh, my bad. No problem. No, yeah, it will. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I thought that song was funny and well done, and uh, it also touches upon a bigger issue of sort of so many celebrities is sort of selling out even more so than before. Dr. Jones, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. You can, uh, yes, sir. We can. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Great. Well, uh, Dr. Jones, you know, at, at the, uh, close of the first hour, we played your, your, uh, parody song of Neil Young. Great. And I thought it was quite funny and well done too. a good musicianship on your part. But, Thank you. you know, I, I guess what's interesting is seeing these burned out old rock and rollers who supposedly were rebels against the system are now just, you know, a, a, a part of the establishment and actually pushing an extremely toxic and dangerous medical protocol on people. So right. what is your take of, of Neil Young and just sort of the overall big picture of all these celebrities sort of, you know, selling out and, and advocating the jab? Yeah, that's exactly what crossed my mind. All of these rebels uh, of the 60s are now part of the establishment of the uh, of uh, the 2020s. Uh, so, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's not get, so, not so fast. Let's go back to Laurel Canyon, where all these guys were hanging out. Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and, and Nash, Young uh, teamed up with them on their second album. Uh, what about the Grateful Dead? Wait a minute. 
the Grateful Dead was involved in distributing LSD. And LSD was a creation of uh, the uh, MK Ultra program uh, of the CIA, which also involved medical experimentation on unwitting sub uh, uh, subjects. So maybe, maybe the whole uh, rock and roll thing had been taken over years ago. Now, I'm, I'm talking uh, as someone who is of that generation. Uh, I'm two years younger than Neil Young. I remember playing his song, covers of his songs when I was in a band in Germany in the 70s, uh, liked, liked his stuff. But maybe there's evidence here, I think, that what you had at the beginning uh, among our generation was dissatisfaction with social engineering. And nobody knew what it was. But everybody knew there was something out there. And it started to make its appearance at places like Berkeley, these elite universities, when uh, they realized the, the university is run by government funding. The government's involved here heavily financially, and he who pays the piper calls the tune. And that was being used as uh, fuel for the Vietnam War. And uh, the people of my generation were in general against it. Certainly the ca college campuses were against it. Obviously the guys who were in the war uh, at the beginning were, weren't against it. At the end, they probably were, like John Curry. So it may be that this was, uh, he was involved, he, he was involved, well, let's, let's back up here. I think that Jerry Garcia, uh, Grateful Dead, were knowingly involved in the distribution of LSD. There was a guy oh, yeah. named Owsley, Owsley who was a part of their entourage, who was a chemist, and he was making it. And these um, these concerts were basically distribution points for LSD. Now you can see uh, there the the one of the seminal concerts was the Woodstock concert in '69. And if you watch that film, there's a picture of Jerry Garcia rolling a joint and then lighting up a joint, but he never made it onto the the final cut for the film because the music was terrible. Uh, and in general, that music, the Grateful Dead produced terrible music. Sometimes he'd be inspired and come up with a good solo, but for the most part, it was wretched music. And that's why it didn't make it onto Woodstock. But, so it lends even more credence. So maybe the main purpose of that band was distributing LSD. So what's the purpose of LSD? It's to derange you. So why would they want to do that? Why would the CIA want to do that? Well, because they had a powerful anti-war movement at the time going on. And so if you watch a documentary... I think it's uh, up on YouTube called, uh, um, what is it? Berkeley in the 60s. You begin with the free speech movement. You've got a lot of guys uh, who were, you know, uh, short hair, coherent, and they're talking about Thomas Jefferson and Thomas Aquinas. And uh -huh. they're coming up with some type of reasonable critique of the uh, war in Vietnam. By the end of the documentary, all these guys have all long hair. Now they're being interviewed 30 years afterwards. They're all uh, drugged out. They're all involved in illicit sex. And they've lost their focus. Obviously, you're, if you get involved in that, you're going to lose your focus. And that was the way the CIA basically co-opted and destroyed the anti-war movement. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I think there's a lot of... Uh, um validity to this theory of you know the laurel canyon and you know it just is a it's sort of a a, a post-op and all of this you know both bob weir and phil lesh are members of the bohemian club a lot of people don't know that but they are it's actually on the the club roster and um bob weir is in the same camp you know there's a hundred 
325 camps at the Bohemian Grove. Bob Weir is in the same camp as George W. Bush. So go figure that. Yeah. So the connections uh, keep proliferating. So when did, did Neil, was Neil Young part of this uh, cabal from the beginning? I don't think so. I, 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 if you produce the evidence, maybe you'll convince me. I don't think he was involved in that. I think he was just a guy who was at the right place at the right time and really could come up with uh, decent melodies. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> the, the words that he put to those melodies were, were u- uniformly awful. Uh, so Neil Young owes me a debt of gratitude for coming up with decent lyrics for Heart of Gold the lyrics I wrote are much better than the ones he wrote and and the ones that he wrote are nowhere near as bad as something like what was it Alabama you got the rest of the union no was that Southern Man Southern Man right yeah that was Neil Young Yeah. yeah you've got the rest of the union to help you along what's going wrong Awful, and and it spawned a, a a song in protest, but done by a southern band. I forget which band it was. Lynn, it Leonard was a, Skinner. Yeah, Leonard Skinner. What was that? Was Sweet Home Alabama? Wasn't yeah, it? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it, something happened along the way. Now I I suspect that he just he really didn't improve over this period of time. It was one of these. It, that's the, the the phenomenon of Woodstock. If you look yeah. at the, the film, uh, you have somebody like uh, Santana. Santana came out of nowhere, absolutely out of nowhere, and was perfect. It was the best best act in the whole concert. Even, oh, yeah. with, even with taking LSD. And who gave him the LSD? I think it was Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Gave, him the, gave him the LSD. That was probably to wreck his act. The fact that he didn't uh, is a tribute to uh, Carlos Santana. But he said that it was kind of weird. Uh, the 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 guitar uh, the keep the guitar the frets looked like uh, snakes, and he was having trouble. But he did a great performance, and it was appropriate to that venue because it was big and loud. Unlike Joan Baez, who sang uh, the Ballad of Joe Hill, which is a great song, but it's completely inappropriate. It would yeah. be like it would be like singing a Bach cantata. At uh, uh, at Woodstock, it, great music, but it's completely inappropriate to a Dionysian <laughs> festival. Well, so, the, so it, yeah. got, the guys didn't develop. So yeah. Neil Neil Young was great when he did Heart of Gold. That Harvest album was the best thing. It was like like the Rolling Stones. They they, they never got better than Sticky Fingers, which came out around the same time. But they just kept producing on and on and on. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. You know, um, when you go back to Laurel Canyon. So many of these guys ended up in Laurel Canyon. Their their fathers all worked for either some type of intelligence agency or or somewhere you know deep inside the military industrial complex. And of course, you know Neil Young's father was a high level executive at one of the major railroads, which of course has always had deep ties to uh, these same circles of people. So that's an interesting little fact about Neil's life. Now he's um, he's a he's a Canadian. Yes. So, yes, so yes. it's uh, it's only I I don't see any direct connection here. If well, that's a good point. Canadian. That's a good point. Uh, let let me head uh, over to Giuseppe here and let him uh, pose a question to you. Giuseppe, go ahead, sir. Well, Doctor Jones, it's wonderful to have you back on the show. Uh, m- m- you know, in h- hindsight, uh, is always twenty twenty, and I, you probably weren't listening to um, hour one, but I I make this point regularly that the only science worthwhile when you're dealing with the globalists is forensic science. It's like there, there's such inveterate 
uh, gaslighting liars that you need to look at their actions. You need to look at what they've done forensically. And as such, it seems to me that, that the, the, they, they've, the, their, their level of sophistication embracing mind control where you could take uh, old has-beens like Neil Young, like Joni Mitchell, uh, she pulled her, her songs off of Spotify. And what she can't even put two and two together, that her health maladies ha all come from vaccination. She's had autoimmune disease for like 20 years, and it's because she took flu shots and, and such. That's the primary cause of, uh, of autoimmune disease it is the toxins and poisons in, in any kind of uh, uh, death jab. And yeah. so it's insane to me that these people who, like you said, started out somewhat nobly, uh, but I don't know how noble because um, uh, David Crosby, who's a raging narcissist, said, uh, I read this week a quote from him is like, Neil Young is the most selfish person I've ever met. And coming from a narcissist <laughs> like David Crosby. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about Laurel Canyon, that's really an achievement. <laughs> I know. Isn't that insane? <laughs> Well, but, what a, what a, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead, sir. Well, what about Eric Clapton? What about Eric Clapton? There's another certifiable uh, guitar rock and roll god. Right, right. And Eric is as clueless as any of these other guys. So he gets uh, the vaccination and his hands go numb. <laughs> he's in complete pain and oh, he yeah. can't move. Well, wait a minute. This is serious business. If you're the world's greatest guitarist and your hands don't work, what are you no. going to do now? Yeah, man. That's and true. so he, all he's doing, I, I saw the, I saw the video he did where he's basically look, comes across as a really kind of humble, you know, unassuming guy who says, basically, I'm a musician. I don't know anything about any of this type of stuff, but I do know that when I got the vax, my hands didn't work. And I, I can't, I can't go on doing this with, with my hands don't work. And then he got, he was docile enough to get a second shot. It was even worse. Right. So what are you, what are you saying now that this guy is not allowed to complain about what happened to him? This is, this is outrageous. I mean, wh why don't, and then on top of that, Rolling Stone, which I'm sure was taken over early, early on. Oh yeah. Early on, because it's been nothing but a mouthpiece for uh, sexual liberation as political control and rock and roll as the the anthem, the the mood music for sexual liberation. They come out and they attack Eric Clapton. Well, what's going on here? He was on the seven times on the cover of Rolling Stone. They uh, helped promote their sales by talking to this guy, and now they're attacking him. And the cat is out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag, and now it looks it becomes obvious that the way this whole music business was manipulated was a form of control. It's right. obvious. Yeah. You're coming back. I've been saying this all along, and now they go out and prove me right. Oh, man, that's so true. Scorpio, I'll do a quick follow-up, which is um, do you see this this tidal wave of cancel culture, which is just a, a sophisticated way of, of 21st century communist censorship? You combine cancel culture with uh, – uh, this whole communitarian movement, which is to, you know, kumbaya everybody, which is essentially relativism to allow for the incredible satanic crimes by these globalists and these other uh, narcissists, and and and, and this, they, they practice essentially the seven deadly sins, and yet and and they want children to accept that as okay, 
And so what, what is going on with this cancel culture and why do people go along with it? I mean, I, if you would have told me 25 years ago, Neil Young was gonna, gonna back uh, censorship and back vaccinations. I would have said, what kind of bad drugs are you on? And, and yeah, right. Yeah. Well, th- this, I think what we're seeing here is these guys overplayed their hand. Now you had probably the most sophisticated form of control in human history because you had the most sophisticated technology to implement it. And it was going along fine. It was going along fine. So the the motto here is don't mess with success, but that doesn't work with these people. These people are think they are masters of the universe. They think that truth is the opinion of powerful of the powerful. They think they can get away with anything anything and so they decided to go one step too far with the COVID thing and the COVID thing brought about the exact opposite of what they intended it was obviously a form of control obviously a form of control that had nothing to do with medicine ultimately and it was going to be the last this is going to be we're going to the coup de grace we're going to put the final end to representative government and we're going to rule these people through our proxy, our, our leaders, the leaders we appoint, like Justin Trudeau <laughs> and Emmanuel Macron and virtually every other bright guy that you've ever seen uh, uh, on, on the mainstream media. And it didn't work. Now, this is what Hegel calls the cunning of reason. God allows the wicked to overplay their hand so that he creates a reaction that brings back uh, a return to Logos in some form or other. And this is exactly what happened in Canada. Thanks, Neil Young, Canadian. Who would have thought? And now you've got this group of, you got a country that is a huge country, very sparsely populated, where you can pretty much go off and mind your own business. This is not Holland. It's not England. Okay. And what does Justin Trudeau do? He overplays his COVID hand and creates a huge reaction that is uh, taking place as we speak right now. Huge reaction. If you had just let those people alone, you would have been much better off or better. This is what I'll tell you what he should have done. He should have done what Boris Johnson did, which is basically declare victory. The war is over. We won. Let's all go home. Boris Johnson was on the ropes because he was at these parties. All of his elite friends went to parties where they laughed at the English people didn't wear masks, laughed at the buffoons that they were ruling. And he was ready to be kicked out. And he took the initiative as a smart politician and basically took the power away from the the uh, medical establishment to which they had handed it, took it back and said, I'm in charge. I'm declaring it's over. You're all let's all let's all forget about it. Now, if Trudeau had done this. When when Johnson did it, he'd be he'd be fat and happy and he, they wouldn't have any problems. But he didn't because he's too stupid because he's nothing but a pawn of the oligarchs. He has no thoughts of his own. And he let it go too far, and suddenly all the truckers showed up, and now he's in a real bind. He's in a bad situation because they, their demands are perfectly reasonable now. And the COVID mandates. Now, now, Justin, listen, are you planning to do this forever? No, no, nobody's planning to do this forever. Well, then it's only a matter of time. So give us a deadline. 
That is a perfectly reasonable demand, and he is not in a position to answer it because he let that opportunity slip by, and now it's too late. Now it's either the truckers are going to win or you're going to win, and it's going to be a battle to the death. That, that's, that's what's happened right now. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And, uh, you know, it, I think there's another factor in here, which is, you know, the ultimate goal, of course, of this vaccination it's really gene therapy. And the real goal is, of course, to create a system in which you have to take these shots in order to participate in society. That's become quite transparent, let's say. But the ultimate goal beyond that is sort of this transhuman idea that we're actually going to change human genetics. And as Klaus Schwab says, to change what it means to be a human being. And to me, that crosses you know, a huge line with directly messing with uh, the work of the creator of God. And so I think this is sort of an invisible wall that they're hitting. What what are your thoughts on that, uh, Dr. Jones? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It's an assault on being. And on top of that, let's, let's move back a little bit from the metaphysical here. And uh, wait a minute, let's, let's talk about uh, uh, Germany. All of these countries in Europe have abolished it, Switzerland, England, Norway, but yet Germany is doubling down. And Austria is doubling down. Now, why are they doubling down? If you look at the actual uh, explanation that these uh, oligarchic stooges made in uh, Germany, it's, well, we, we were following the example of Israel. <laughs> well, why are you following the example of Israel? Well, that's a long story. And it goes all the way back to World War II. And it goes back to the orchestration and manipulation of German guilt over this period of time by the, the Jews who conquered, the Jews and the Americans who conquered and then engaged in the social engineering of Germany. Ours was a mild form compared to what happened to Germany. Germany is a catastrophe because of that. But wait, wait, stop. Uh, it turns out that the latest news from Israel is that the Israelis now are starting to understand that the more vaccinated you get, the more you wreck your immune system and the more you're dependent on vaccines forever. Forever. Well, now I'm going to tell you something that I cannot understand, and that is why the big Jew Borla, who's head of Pfizer, would inflict this on fellow Jews. Why would he do that? I have, I don't, I don't know. The only thing I can come up with is things like the Levon affair, which is basically when the the Mossad blew up a synagogue, killed a lot of Jews in Egypt to create panic to drive them to Israel. Uh, that's the only thing that I can come up by way of explanation. You've got something this serious, uh, and and so it, it's really serious, it's really bad. There are rabbis who are talking about this in Israel. There are rabbis who are claiming Zelensky is saying that it's genocide against the Jewish people, uh, but it's being perpetrated by other Jews. Confusing. It's a, a confusing situation. But the situation in Germany also, once again, goes back to social engineering. This has nothing to do with medicine. If your culture has collapsed and caved into social engineering in the way that uh, Germany has and by proxy uh, Austria has, then you've destroyed your cultural immune system and you're helpless. And God knows what's going to happen. Yeah, very good point. Uh, Giuseppe, go ahead, sir. Well, I know we only have you for a half hour today, uh, so hopefully next time we can get you for an hour. But 
You know, when I was a young man, I was born and raised Catholic in Milwaukee. And to refresh your memory, you you made the stunningly lucid observation that the way they destroyed the Italian neighborhood where I grew up in as a little boy was all a social experiment. And, and, and it got worse and worse, as we've all witnessed. But yeah. when I was a young guy, I was a bright young kid. I, I was pretty rebellious to the whole uh, Catholic uh, training. I went to Catholic school for nine years kindergarten through eighth grade and then i was supposed to go to high school but my father sold the family bleach business and we moved to the suburbs so he didn't have to pay the catholic because there were but him four in high school but the point is is i used to rebel at the idea of the the, the catholic training and now i realize for many many people that that kind of structure is vital. I mean, if you, if you allow people to their own designs, you get what we have now with this crazy tranny nonsense, W uh, LGBTQ WTF, uh, the, 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 the uh, hedonism, the narcissism, the social influencers. I mean, it's all, it's like the seven deadly sins uh, that I mentioned a few moments ago. And, and I now as a 62 year old man realize that, society needs that kind of, of religious structure to give meaning and guidance because most people are not mature enough intellectually, spiritually, uh, uh, emotionally to do it themselves. What do you think of that observation? Yeah, I think, I think that was a powerful, uh, statement. Uh, and I think it was, it wasn't just you, it was the entire country and um, what a, a, a nostalgia for the Italian neighborhood. It's nostalgia for the ethnic neighborhood swept through the country. And the, the artifact I'm thinking of is the Godfather. Right, right. Where we all kind of became Italians. You know, I, 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 knew, I knew a guy in high school, Louis Lanzafami. He used to tell me there were two kinds of people, Italians and people who wanted to be Italians. <laughs> and everybody wanted to be an Italian when the Godfather came out, especially the second one with that powerful, the procession scene. Everybody had nostalgia for the uh, ethnic neighborhood that had been destroyed and nobody knew why it had been destroyed. And so to this day, you have uh, people like Michelle Obama say, uh, talking about white flight. And she says, y'all didn't want to talk to us. No, Michelle, y'all drove us out of our neighborhoods yep. with, with criminal behavior that cops would not uh, uh, prosecute. And we all ended up in the suburbs where we all became white. <laughs> Whoopi, we'll have to come back and talk about whether Jews are white and why Whoopi got that wrong. But that, we'll have to do that another time. Oh, that'd be great. Scorpio. I think he is he muted. Um, so, Dr. Jones, in the final few moments, how can people support your efforts? Because they are important, noble efforts. Yes, go to uh, culturewars.com. Uh, subscribe to Culture Wars magazine where we deal with these topics in depth every month or go to fidelitypress.org uh, and you can buy the book that we just talked about. It's called The Slaughter of Cities, uh, Ethnic Cleanse, uh, Slaughter of Cities, Urban Renewal as Ethnic Cleansing. Talk about those neighborhoods, how they got destroyed and who did it. Wow, phenomenal. So any any uh, we got you I guess for like two more minutes any closing thoughts sir? 
Well, yeah. I mean, what, what we're talking about is a worldwide phenomenon right now across the world. I just I just uh, Skyped with a, a, a contact from Australia last night, and they're involved in exactly the same struggle, which is basically uh, the, the attempt to preserve representative government. The oligarchs have declared war on representative government. COVID was the culmination of something that began with uh, something. What, what do we go? The the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in Indiana, uh, the hate speech campaign on uh, on the internet, uh, the whole uh, illegal activity of uh, GoFundMe stealing money from the truckers. It's all an attack on representative government, and that's. That's the battle we're in. This is a battle to the death. So we have to pray for the success of the, the truckers in Canada and hope that their example spreads throughout the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Well, and, you know, right. the power of prayer is very real. And I think that's something we have to remember as we continue down this road of insanity. The power of prayer is very powerful. And uh, Dr. Jones, I'd really like to thank you for coming on. We're at the bottom of the hour now. And um Hopefully next time you could come on uh, for an hour with us. It's gone by sure. way too fast. Yes, sure. I'd be happy to. Okay. Thanks again. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.